1: Good morning. Hope this finds you well. Uh, Just to set the scene where I am, um, over the past 24 hours, we've had the most incredible dump of snow, uh, which makes this voiceover looking out of my little window in my office kind of magical. It makes me feel like I'm in Narnia, to be honest. So I don't know why I felt like I had to share that with you, but I'd just like to set the scene. Um, I hope you're well. I hope everybody's taken steps towards. A bit of Christmas spirit considering everything that's going on in the world. Um, but I send you love and joy and I hope that if nothing else, the, the, sort of, uh, the, the time that this podcast lasts kind of allows you to escape for a little while from everything else that's going on in the world. got a little bit of a special one for you today. And in fact, we're dropping two episodes of Soundtracking for you today. The first being with composer and director, the absolutely wonderful Michael Giacchino. Now, Michael performed both duties for Marvel Studios' Werewolf by Night, which is a sly, modern take on the classic monster movies of yesteryear. Plenty more of that shortly, as well as Thor and the Batman, oh yes. But first, a word from our lovely friends at Box Tales. What's that, I hear you ask? Cocktails in a box, that's what. And really good ones. There's something decadent about ordering a cocktail when you are on a night out and now you can have the luxury and fun of doing that at home. Boxtails is one of the leading single-serve cocktail brands in the UK. I had a box delivered at the weekend, had some friends over and felt like Stanley Tucci. It only took me three seconds to whip out a glass, some ice and serve up a bar-quality Negroni. There were audible sounds of surprise and satisfaction, let me tell you. If an agroni isn't for you, there are 14 different cocktails to choose from, from classics like my personal favourite, an espresso martini, or you could get a bit fruity with a pink margarita. Whether you're planning a little festive party or treating yourself after a hard day's work, or even maybe a little Christmas gift, we're giving you 20% off your first order. Just use the code SOUND20 at checkout when you head to boxtails.co.uk. Make sure you don't forget that's the code SOUNDS20 at boxtails.co.uk for your 20% off. Cheers. And so to Michael and his score for Werewolf by Night, we'll begin with the piano arrangement of the main theme. Hello. Hey, Michael, how are you?
0: I'm great. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good. Thanks very much. I recognize that hoodie from the documentary.
0: Oh, yeah, this, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. I actually bought this when I was in Atlanta. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much for doing this. It's great to chat to you. Listen, I I, I, um, I wanted to start by saying that I love the documentary that your brother made to, to kind of coincide with with your your directorial debut uh Werewolf by Night. But um, it all makes sense watching it. Everything so much of of what how you've connected with us through your music to start with just makes so much sense when you see how important films and movies have been to you for your entire life. It's so beautiful.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, my my brother, I was very happy to have him do it because I knew he would do something different. Uh, than the normal standard sort of, you know, documentary behind the scenes thing that you get. And uh, so I'm, I'm proud of him. I think he did a great job. It was, and it was nice just having him around too, while we were shooting. It was great to having him there. So yeah, we, we had a good time.
1: I am. Um, I don't know if you've seen Spielberg's new film, The Fablemans yet, but. There's I a, haven't
0: yet. I know I'm waiting.
1: I mean, there's a lot of symmetry between the two of you in terms of this childhood and filmmaking being the thing that was so many things to you. Actually, it's really, really. I I think when you watch it, you'll be a bit like a mirror in a way in terms of of that. It was kind of made me think of that after I'd watched the doc and then I was lucky enough to see the film.
0: Yeah, I cannot wait to see it. I'm so psyched to see it. Anything by him, I'm excited to see.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was it was watching that film as well. And I wanted to talk to you because having now had that beautiful circle of life of where these films inspired you and then having the opportunity to to work with so many of these filmmakers and creatives and franchises that were so influential to you kind of growing up do you get the chance to kind of just take stock of that or acknowledge it
0: I do I mean when I look around my office my office is filled with a lot of my toys from when I was a kid you know I don't do much collecting of new toys the things that are in my office are all things that were mine from when I, you know, the, the actual ones I use, whether they were the Planet of the Apes action figures, Star Trek action figures, Star Wars action figures, models, all, everything. And the one sort of common thread, which is very strange to me, is like almost all of those toys that are up there, including Spider-Man, all of this stuff, these are all films that I've worked on as well. So to think that I went from like, you know, playing with all of these toys as a kid and making movies with them and doing all of that, and then actually getting a chance to contribute to their legacies as well later on in life, it's kind of insane. You know, it's really insane. Almost everything I worked on has been a prior obsession from my childhood, (laughs) you know? So how do you ever plan something? You don't plan, like, I don't even know how that all unraveled and happened over time, but it just, it did. And it's that's always very uh astounding to me to look at that and 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 feel that so it is a uh it is something I think about for sure and I it, it also makes me realize oh you've never quite grown up you're just doing the same thing you've always done that's <laughs> as, great you know,
1: that's what we all hope for to never <laughs> yes. grow up you know it's like yes. it's it's kind of I think as well like with my my two kids it's kind of anything that can encourage me to be childlike I kind of I levitate towards almost in a way
0: and you should, because I think this whole idea of growing up is sort of misunderstood. And it's it's saying that you have to change. You know, oh, you must grow up. That means you need to change. And, and I do feel like when you abandon that childhood side of you, you're letting go of something very important. And so the longer you can hold on to that, the better off you will be. That's my um... opinion. <laughs>
1: So here we are in this new chapter of your creativity, in this and and directing. You know, I know you've kind of done a couple of things leading up to this, but Werewolf by by Night, I I loved it. I just thought it was it was really entertaining. It was really funny. The tension was there. Um, it looked incredible. It was kind of uh had sort of you know felt like it was a real homage to things, but it was contemporary and felt just kind of really fresh. And I mean, how did you feel, kind of getting the opportunity to? to do
0: this. I was thrilled. I mean, I loved that comic as a kid. So another example of something I had as a kid, and here I am, you know, doing this now. (laughs) It was just, you know, I, I loved that comic as a kid. I loved Monsters. My brother and I would watch Creature Double Feature every Saturday, like it was our church. You know, that's what we did. And we loved it. So, you know, Werewolf by Night is really essentially just a love letter and a thank you to all of those movies and the people that made them. Uh, and to try and also sort of bring it back in a way in which it might encourage some young person out there to go and watch those movies. You know, they have they having tremendous value those movies. And I mean when I did mention this to Kevin Feige for the first time and he was asking me, you know, I, I know, you know, we were talking about me directing something and he was saying, well, you know, we have Disney Plus is is this new thing. And uh, we're going to have a lot of opportunities to do stuff. So if you wanted to direct, what would you want to direct? And I immediately just said, werewolf by night. And he was just like, what? (laughs) And uh, it really interested me because I felt like it was an area of the Marvel, you know, world that no one had really seen other than super Marvel geeks, people that knew like those comics. But the most of the world never, never even knew that that character existed. And Marvel has such a great storied history with horror. And they have a lot of the characters, you know, they they have uh, runs about Frankenstein, Dracula, all of these, you know, Werewolf, obviously, the mummy, they're all there. Uh, Manphibian, which is sort of like Creature from the Black Lagoon, like they, they have all of these characters that are echoes of all of that wonderful universal, all those wonderful universal films. And so I thought, why not use that? Like, let's dive into it and bring out and see if we can like start, you know, bring out something new for people. And. That was really the impetus for it all, just my love of it and the, and the idea of bringing it out in a way which could reintroduce people to what these films were and how they inspired just like a whole generation of filmmakers mm. afterwards. So it was fun. You know, yeah. the other thing was I knew it would be fun and it would be fun to do it in a way that wasn't super modern, to do it in a way, uh, the way that they did it back in the day, to have a guy in a suit, to have, you know, as many practical effects as we could I mean, I loved doing that as a kid, figuring out like, all right, how do we do these things that I'm watching in other movies? How can I do that on my Super 8 camera? So it was just an extension of all of that. So it is, you know, um, it was, you know, just a, a labor of love for sure.
1: And and that thing as well of creating the monsters. Like I was lucky enough to chat to Tim Burton last week um, about his new TV series Wednesday. And he said that, and I commented on how great the monster is in it. And he was like, thank you so much. Nobody ever talks about the monster because, you know, he's the kind of the, the bad guy, I guess. And it's like, no, yeah. he's great. The eyes are, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's, and I love when we get a little bit of that behind the scenes stuff in the doc is kind of all these different, because in this room in, in um, Werewolf by Night, they kind of go in and it's kind of like, you know, where it would normally be the stag's head and all that kind of stuff. It's all these monsters. Yes. And I'm kind of like looking at them going, is that a Yoda monster? Is that a... and it's kind of I almost kind of like felt like some of them were like almost inspired by characters that well, we we know through history that have become mon- more monster like almost in a way.
0: Well, some 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 are things from the things that I loved as a kid. So there's mm-hmm. Bigfoot up there, yeah. Sasquatch, uh, which I absolutely was terrified as a as a as a child. <laughs> uh, you also had from my short monster challenge that I did with Pat and Osmalt and Ben Schwartz the two monster suits that they wear those heads are up there too we did representations of those two monsters so that was that's like a fun little you know easter egg yeah and then there's a lot of them that were i thought you know two-headed mermaid that just sounds crazy and scary let's do that or (laughs) or you know some sort of you know vampire monster and then the rest are like all pulled from the werewolf by night comics or or you know or some strange obscure Marvel comic where we went through and found all these monsters. And it was Amazing. just like, okay, these are, these are really cool. So they all do connect in some way to something. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but mostly either to the comics or something I did or something I was terrified of. So, yeah, yeah.
1: there's no dark Yoda up there. Okay, great. I get it. When it came to music though, was there ever a question that you would do the music as well? You know, in terms of that full kind of thing, you knew how you wanted it to sound as well.
0: Oh yeah. I knew, I knew from the beginning I would be doing the music. You know, I love writing music. I love writing film scores. It's so much fun. And, and, and so, and it's, it's such a part of the storytelling that I couldn't separate that from me directing the story as well. You know, yeah. and I wanted to make sure that everything I had in mind as a director, I was going to get as get from my composer. And the only way to do that was just do it myself. Otherwise I'd probably be a, you know, it would probably be the worst job for any composer to work for me. <laughs> uh, you know so i didn't want to put that on anyone else and i and i also just knew what i wanted so
1: You know, I remember kind of like late at night when I was kind of growing up and there would always be on like on the BBC channels and stuff like, you know, kind of you couldn't sleep, you switched switch. Someone would always be some kind of brilliant Hammer House of Horrors or something black and white kind of on yeah. there and stuff. And the music was so important to those films. Yes. It was, it's, it was it's totally
0: inspired by all yeah. of them. Yeah. Yes. Those are the movies that I love, like Hammer films as well. I mean, we would watch those incessantly. And sort of those overblown, dramatic, really fun, big, sort of uh scores I love that and 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 so it's it's absolutely referencing things like you know Frankenstein and the werewolf and all of these great these great wonderful movies that I loved but in sort of a it it, in in a way where it's like it all feels cohesive you know it's like it's just like a new version of one of those kinds of weird scores and it has a bit of modern touch to it as well um but it certainly is anchored in the past for sure.
1: the The flaming tuba player,
0: yes, um. David Silverman,
1: <laughs> so great,
0: yeah, so that, no. brilliant. David's one of my best friends, oh. and uh, David is a, a director and producer and animator and everything on The Simpsons, and he's been working on The Simpsons since day one. And uh, wow. but on but on this, yeah, he was the first hire, basically, and it, it's largely due to him why The Simpsons looks the way it does. He designed. All of that. So it was it's it's all <laughs> on him. So if you ever want a good interview, you should talk to David Silverman because he's got you know he's been around the block on everything. And he was co-director on Monsters Inc. as well. But he's been on he's still on works on The Simpsons to this day. So he is uh he's a cornerstone of that show. But on the side, he also plays tuba in like, you know, New Orleans jazz bands and things like that. And he he loves that. And he has this flaming tuba that he takes to Burning Man. We go to Burning Man every year. He's been going for 20 years. You know, I just had my seventh year and he'll play it out at Burning Man and we play music together at Burning Man. I'll play drums and he'll play uh, the tuba. So we've, you know, done this a lot. And when he he'll bring that to my backyard sometimes if we have barbecue or whatever. And at night he'll play it. And one of the producers from Marvel, Brad Winderbaum, was there one night and he's watching this thing and he's just like, (laughs) what is this? This is insane. He goes, we have to put this in one of our movies. (laughs) And I was like, yes, we should. And we put it in, you know, end up in Werewolf, which was uh, which was perfect. And it actually worked great. And, you know, beyond just being a gimmick, it felt like something that could speak to the ritualistic and historic aspect of monster hunters, something that made it feel uh, ancient, and old and again, ritualistic, you know, and, and having him just sort of do that and bring lead Gael into the maze just felt felt like a really cool, weird kind of thing to do in terms of how how do we set this up? So it's not normal, you know, Every at every turn it was trying to figure <laughs> out how do we how do we excise normal from whatever we're doing? You know, <laughs> uh, so it, it's just it turned out fun and, and it's just been so fun to see everyone's reaction to it. Yeah, uh, it's great.
1: And the casting in the film is fantastic as well. I, I've known Laura actually for, for a very long time. I think I had my favorite ever Halloween party round at one of Laura's. Uh, she used to host some brilliant Halloween parties. Oh,
0: she is serious about Halloween. Oh, like, yeah. She, she went as it. the
1: headless. Um, the, she had, she made this amazing costume where she she was the headless bride. And she created this thing. I'm going to she ask her wasn't... to send me a picture yeah, of that. I do because it. it was she 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 came downstairs and we were all like, oh, my God. And She's like, yeah, I made it. And she's just holding her own head. We're like, how? Wait, hold on. It was amazing. It's... So, yeah, she's the perfect she, person uh... for this film.
0: She sent me a picture this Halloween of what her her, you know, she did this crazy makeup and you can see her skull underneath. Th- it's like so cool looking. But I I that was one of the first things we connected on when we met because we were talking about horror films, and she was telling me how important they were to her growing up. And and I loved that about her. Mm-hmm. I loved it. She was just so enthusiastic about the whole process. And she's just brilliant. Like she really is. One of the greatest actresses I've ever seen. Like, I don't know how she does what she does. And you can change two pages of dialogue on her right before shooting and she'll remember it. She's a pro beyond a pro. She's she's incredible and just yeah. just a wonderful person to hang out with, too. So made it all great.
1: And um, we'll make sure you get you get to see that picture, because I think it's the best Halloween outfit I might have ever I'm seen. I'm going to ask
0: her for it. As soon as Definitely. we're done, I'm texting yeah. her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you
1: mind if we talk about a couple of other things as well? Because I was lucky enough to get to chat to Taika uh again for um for uh, love and thunder and i mean in terms of kind of his talking about someone in terms of maintaining a child kind of like mentality and enthusiasm for things his his enthusiasm is infectious i think as well and and his face lights up whenever you we we talk about you and he talks about working with you you know we talked about jojo rabbit with him previously and Mm -hmm. stuff like that for you to work with him, to continue to work with him, because that's a real diverse connect, you know, type of things to work with him on 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 kind of on the types of films that he makes with you as well. I love how
0: smart he is. I love how daring he is and how bold he is in terms of just being weird and different. And I always know that whatever we work on together, I'm going to get a chance to do something bizarre and weird and different. And and you know, and and that's you know, you're always looking for that as a creative person there are two sort of schools of thought in this business. Mm-hmm. And there are people that sort of treat it as a business and just take the jobs as they come and whatever it is, and they'll just do the assignment, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there are people that are more like real creative people that just want to keep trying new things and do stuff. And 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 for me, I only choose things that I'm really interested in that I feel like will challenge me, that will that that open me up to people that I want to work with. Uh, there's definitely more no's, on my side, than there are yeses, you know, in terms of the work that I choose to do, and I really feel like he is in that wheelhouse in terms of someone that like there's a voli- volatile aspect to it. You don't know what it's going to be until it is, you know. And there's mm-hmm. something really interesting about that. And I and I uh, and he's wonderful to work with because he gives me a lot of freedom to just try weird things. It doesn't have to be a particular, you know. So that's really uh, enticing for an artist, for me, you know, uh, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to take every job offered. I just, because I also know if I'm not connected to this thing, I'm not going to be able to do a great job. You Mm. know, I have to be connected to the, whatever it is in some way or have some sort of passion for it or some sort of excitement for it. If it's just a job, then I'm not going to do my best work. It's going to be. So I, I just say no to that and yes to the weird stuff and you know, And and then you know, I do have my few friends that I work with consistently. So, you know, and they're all they've all proven to me that they're weird and I love that. So it's like (laughs) I'm excited about next go
1: ends as well. I mean, we we talked briefly about it because I got I was lucky enough I got to do some stuff way back when the doc came out with the directors of the doc. And so Mm. the kind of this I I knew the story and then when I heard he was gonna be doing it, I was like, Oh, great. And then he was very excited about it being uh being unleashed. He said he was quite worried about it for for a minute in terms of whether it was going to be anybody was going to be interested in it. And then he said he parked it for a bit and then came back to it and he went, "No, this yeah. is really good." So it's he kind did. of he, yeah. He,
0: there was we had worked on it. We had kind of scored the whole thing and then it just kind of went into hibernation for mm. I don't know, almost a year, I guess. And, uh, and it got to the point, I was like, well, I don't know, we'll finish that at some point whenever he's ready. <laughs> and so, you know, he was able to come back after Thor and look at it and, uh, and see it in a new light and realize that it's actually really, a, it's it's a really good movie. And I, I felt like even what the way we left it off, it was really good. So, so yeah, it's finished now. It's, it's just waiting to be uh, released to the people.
1: It's interesting what you were just saying there about kind of someone trying to do things differently. And I think that, Matt Reeves with the Batman really kind of did with that, with a franchise and with a character that's kind of, you know, it's been, there are so many incarnations of that. It's he's a character who's kind of been ever present through the decades really, but this was, this was different.
0: Oh, you can always count on Matt to do that. Matt will always find the different way into the character and he's always going to find the way that is personal Mm. and uh, he's going to find empathy and he's going to, you know, he's going to give you a side of the character that you normally don't get. And he did that in Planet of the Apes uh, brilliantly. I might add, I thought he was he did an incredible job on those movies. Yeah. And then uh, with Batman, it was similar. You know, result. He 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 brought you in, you know, that theme was written, I don't know, two years before the movie came out. I had written that before they even started shooting
1: based on yeah, his script so that, then or conversations based you on his, have,
0: yeah. based on the script and the conversations we had i wrote that piece of music and we recorded a demo of it uh before he even did the the costume test with with robert pattinson you know so he was able to bring that to that that camera test and he played it for robert before the camera test and just put him in that mood And, you know, the whole point of that theme was I i wanted you to understand what it felt like to really be Batman. I didn't <laughs> want you to think. I didn't want you to listen to music and imagine what's happening on screen. I wanted you to be inside his head, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that theme is a very specific sort of window in my, you know, the way I look at it is it's a window into Batman's head. Like, mm what's it like to be in that suit? What's it feel like? What is it, what are you going through your head? And what does that, that emotion feel like, you know? And so that's always what I tried to do, but I felt like on Batman, I got to do it way earlier than I ever normally would. And then he was <laughs> able to use that music and he would play it on set and he would play it for the uh, actors. And it would really give everyone an idea of, okay, everyone understands what we're making now. You know, you really get this, this tone. So it's, uh, it, it was very helpful. And it also helped honestly, in all the marketing and all of that, to have all of that music so early and Mm. to have to release it so early in the camera test footage, it really kind of solidified, here's what we're making, you know, because a lot of times trailers and teasers and all, they just use random music from whatever, or they're, they're just written specifically for the trailer. And it's, you know, it never lives anywhere else. It's always wonderful when you can build your marketing campaign around what the real feeling of the movie is so so we got lucky on a lot of fronts by doing that but it all happened just because i had an idea and i was like oh let me try and write this and see what it sounds like and uh you know that was it
1: with, with something like that the what what do you what do you levitate towards is it is, is it at the piano is it at computer is it what's are you do you have different? always, always different the piano things things were... first. okay
0: yeah it's always the piano first generally and it's just sitting there at the piano and trying to find the right notes that feel like the feeling that I'm going after you know and I'm when I read that script I it makes me feel a certain way mm-hmm. and and those feelings I track and I I lock onto and I try to then find the the music the musical notes that emulate that, that that give you the feeling of those you know it's you know with writing I have to approach it from the point of view of the character if I if I if I approach it from uh just what I'm seeing, it's yeah. never right. You know, because you can be watching a card chase or watching an action scene and go, I'm gonna write action music. But if you think about that scene and you go, all right, why is he running? Because he's scared. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to uh, if you understand why everything is happening, that's the point of view you want to write from. So that way it'll be a part of the emotional storytelling of the film otherwise it's just it's just a a shadow of what's happening on the screen like i already have the action in front of me what i really need is what's going on emotionally in that character's head at that moment
1: does that mean it's the same it's it's no different an approach to a live action to like an animation because when you think of those those themes for like you know those kind of really particular themes in up and inside mm-hmm. out and Things like that. You know, I mean that that even thinking about that main theme and up just makes my eyes kind of well up because mm-hmm. you're you are in the heart of that character. You're yeah. you're you're kind of almost feeling his soul in a way. It's kind of yeah. so is is it the same approach, whether it is animation or whether it is live action, it's the script. Absolutely. It's the character,
0: it's, the character. it's absolutely the same approach because Let's face it, Batman's not real either. Batman might as well be an animated thing. You know what I mean? Like that, that there's no such thing as Batman. It's it's all made up. These are all things. There's no Captain Kirk. There's no, so you have to approach it from the point of view that every character you see on screen is a real person. And that's how I treat them all with that sort of respect. Just because something's animated doesn't mean it doesn't deserve the same emotional respect that a human being does on film. So to me, you know, Remy the rat is as real a person as, you know, Captain Kirk or Peter Parker or any any other of these people. Like I treat them the same way and I put myself myself in their shoes constantly. I'm like, how would I feel if I were them in that moment? How does that make me feel? And when you think of it in that way, suddenly you're writing very different music because you're not just Mickey Mousing what is happening in front of you. You're You're literally... Giving a window to the to the heart of that character and to the, the what they're feeling, so that's that's the only way I know how to do it. You know, it, it, it also makes it it also <laughs> makes it like uh, very tiring too, because when you do that, it's like an actor. You know, you take on these emotions, you have to feel these things. You know, and if there is sadness there, you have to let yourself feel that so that you can properly do it. So at the end of the day, some days are really rough because you're really like in that mindset you know yeah uh, but i feel like it's the only way to get a truthful thing happening uh for the film
1: and it's great with with the batman Is going back to that quickly is that, that the kind of the kind of scope of the score and those kind of like you say there's you know there's those massive kind of big moments but then there's also those kind of really beautiful tender moments like when 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 they're having the the paternal, you know, I, I'm assuming most people have seen the Batman, but if they haven't, I don't want to spoil things for people, but the kind of paternal chat with Batman and Catwoman, you know, and how beautiful and soft that cue is at that moment. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's so tender uh, and, yeah. and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a ma- the scope of that score is just phenomenal, I think.
0: Oh, thanks. Thank you. Well, they're opening themselves up to each other. You know, they're a slow, that, that film is a slow progression of them being honest with each other you know mm-hmm. uh and and letting the other one in and you can't ignore that if you ignore mm-hmm. that then you're missing the whole point of the story you know mm-hmm. and so when those those moments arise you know a lot of these films have a tendency to want to sort of machoize all of these characters you know and everything is about strength and this and that and it's like no we know that he can beat up anybody and we know that he can do all this stuff but what we don't understand is what is it like to be that person, you know? And yeah. I feel like when you let the audience in on that level, you're giving them a whole new experience and allowing them to have the proper ups and downs of a, of a good story. You know, whereas if everything is just here the whole time, and many of these movies are exactly yeah. that, you leave feeling like, okay, I just went on a roller coaster, but that was it like you don't get emotional about a roller coaster. You 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 have a moment there and you're like that was fun. It's like a night of binge drinking and you're like, you know, uh you 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 go in, you get drunk, you get wasted, you wake up the next morning and go, "Well, that was kind of fun, but boy, I want to forget that whole thing." <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Whereas if you kind of take the uh, a more subtle approach and really acknowledge all of the in-between moments mm. as well, then I feel like you get a richer more uh, viable storytelling experience.
1: And there's that beautiful kind of companion moment as well with the with the Nirvana track as well, which I think as well just kind of almost, you know, like like you say from his perspective, it's kind of like, kind of really reiterates that, you kind of his sort of mental state almost in a way.
0: I feel like I got so lucky with that track because, you, like I said, I wrote this two years before the thing and I remember reading the script and it said something about a Nirvana song. And I was like, I don't know for Nirvana songs. I, you know, maybe like uh, Teen Spirit or something like
1: like Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. But I didn't know this particular song and I guess I should have, but I didn't. And writing the theme did all of that. And then to find that they sort of like kind of can live together as well. I mean, they're not exact, but if you do it right, they can live together. And I was like, wow, that's that, that, that ended up being really cool. Really fun to kind of like meld those two things. And it is a brilliant song. And I, and embarrassed that I didn't know it prior but you know doesn't matter now you do now I do yeah (laughs) and I love it and it made me go back and listen to so much more of their stuff too because I was just like oh my god this is amazing (laughs)
1: yeah I love the idea of like Robert's Batman listening to Nirvana, but also I love the I love the idea of him going to a warehouse rave. That kind of scene in my head, he's like, yeah, almost kind of there five minutes early and having a bit of a dance and just letting loose yep. a bit. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: before we run out of time, I mean, I, this I really I mean it's, the idea that you're going to be able to I hope the idea is that you're going to be able to run these two brilliant things. Either together or, you know, the work that you do with other directors as a composer, but the work that you've done as a director and composer on this film is brilliant. And I, I'm excited to see what's, what the future holds.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm uh, in the process of figuring out what's next. It's the first time in many, many, many years that I don't know exactly what's next. You know, uh, I've I've said, you know, no to many things uh, in order to just kind of see what, what happens after this, you know, and I am looking for something else. To direct, I really want to continue doing that. I have missed making movies. You know, as you saw in the doc, I mean, it's all I ever did growing up. So I did get to this point where I was just like, I really missed that and I want to do that Mm. again. And this gave me that opportunity and made me realize how important it was to me and how much I do love it and how much I do miss it. And so I want to continue that path. But of course, you know, there's always going to be a few people that I'm like 100% going to write (laughs) music for because. I love working with them and, uh, you know, and that, that, that will continue. Um, but I'm going to balance it more with, with the things that I also want to do.
1: I look forward to that, Michael. And I, I really thank you for your time. Maybe we can do another cut, another one next time, maybe with you and Tiger together for next school Wednesday. That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd love to do that with him. He's great. Amazing.
1: Yeah. All right. Yep. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you for your time. Well will do. talk
0: to you. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye. Let's go to Werewolf by Night, that's all the world's a cage, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Michael Giacchino. My huge thanks to Michael for taking the time to talk to us. You can watch Werewolf by Night now on Disney Plus and I highly recommend you also follow that up with Director by Night as well, which was a little kind of behind the scenes doc that you hear me talk about in our chat uh, done by his brother. Head to edithbowman.com to hear my previous chat with Michael and David Arnold, as well as my conversations with Taika, with Titi and every other single episode of the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're at Soundtracking UK. And why not send us an email to info at edithbowman.com. Now, as I promised, you'll only have to wait a couple of hours for the next episode as Francis O'Connor and Abel Korzanowski join me to talk about the fabulous Emily. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then.